With bureaus in London, New York, Jerusalem, and Whitehall Beach, this is Cheyenne Network News, the weekend in Sunday, September 4, 2005. Hi, I'm your host, Tom Payne. This week, we get right down to it, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina and the devastation in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. No blog news this week. I don't feel in the mood to crack jokes, and I'm sure you don't want to hear them. In the show this week, we'll hear from Brendan Loy, who's been providing an invaluable service for people following Katrina on his blog, The Irish Trojan. In fact, he was ahead of most of the media in predicting what might happen. As soon as I heard the levee breach, I posted on my blog in all capital letters, practically screaming as much as you can in a blog, New Orleans is flooding. And I knew that was it. I mean, once the levee breaches, that's it. There's no stopping it. But the media it took them quite a while to figure out that this levee breach really meant that this is now the big story. And later on, some international reaction from Newfoundland blogger Damien Penny, who isn't too impressed with the tendency to see the event through the lens of race and class. I think that people really do uh, care, you know, as much for the people who are stuck down there as they would if they were all white or if they were all wealthy. And I think we've seen that on the blog sphere lately with a number of, you know, conservative bloggers who are supposedly so uncaring who've been turning over our blogs to, you know, trying to get the news out and help raise funds for this. And as always, our man in London, Andrew Ian Dodge, checks in. No Lawrence Simon this week. I believe he's doing some support work with the refugees housed at the Houston Astrodome. One unfortunate tendency in the wake of the hurricane and the drowning of New Orleans has been the politicisation of the tragedy. A lot of people have been way too busy trying to shift the blame onto President Bush or the Louisiana governor or somebody they don't like. Well, guess what, folks? Mother Nature does her thing without regard to red states or blue states. She really doesn't care who you voted for. Regard this as an object lesson. Shit happens. In the final analysis, when the lights go out, you either band together as a functioning society and look out for each other, or you grab a weapon and start looting big screen TVs and it's every man for himself. I guess it's your choice. I have to say I'm very unimpressed with a lot of what I've been seeing on my TV screen here in Australia. For a start, how about that crazy US media who seem to regard this as a dandy excuse to bash the president? Here's CNN's Jack Cafferty in full rant. The question this hour is how would you rate the response of the federal government to Hurricane Katrina? I got to tell you something. We got five or six hundred letters before the show went on the air. No one, no one says the federal government is doing a good job in handling one of the most atrocious and embarrassing and far-reaching and calamitous things that has come along uh, in this country in my lifetime. I'm 62. I don't remember. I remember the riots in Watts. I remember uh, the earthquake in San Francisco. I remember a lot of things. I have never, ever seen anything as badly bungled and poorly handled as this situation in New Orleans. Where the hell is the water for these people? Why can't sandwiches be dropped to, the, to those people that are in that Superdome down there? I mean, what is going on? This is Thursday. This is Thursday. This storm happened all, five days ago. It's a disgrace, and don't think the world isn't watching. This is the government the taxpayers are uh, paying for, and, it, and it's fallen right flat on its face, as far as I can see, in the way it's handled this thing. We're going to talk about something else before the show's over, too, and that's the big elephant in the room, the race and economic class of most of the victims, which the media hasn't discussed uh, much at all, uh, but we will a bit later. Yes, I guess it's all the fault of the evil Bush Hitler and his gang of neocons who are kicking back, watching the footage of the rotting corpses being eaten by rats and laughing while they order the National Guard to shoot as many black folk as they can. 
Well, there's an elephant in the room, all right, Jack, and it's called media bias, but uh, don't get me started on that or I'll never stop. Blogs have been leading the way in their response to what's happened, and some have really taken a lead in acting as news aggregators and putting people in touch with what's happened in a very human way. One such blog is The Irish Trojan, written by Brendan Loy from South Bend, Indiana. Its address is www.brendanloy.com. He's seen his hit counter whiz around like the altimeter on the space shuttle since even before Katrina hit. I always blog about hurricanes because I'm a, a weather nerd, among other things. It's one of my interests. Uh, it's one of my hobbies. I'm a, I'm a law student, but one of my hobbies is meteorology and specifically hurricanes. Um, ever since Hurricane Hugo hit South Carolina when I was seven years old. So anytime there's a major hurricane coming towards the U.S., I am likely to be blogging about it. Um, but what happened on this occasion was I had known for a long time that New Orleans was a particularly grave, in particularly grave danger anytime a major hurricane was coming towards it. And whenever there would be a threat to New Orleans, I would always sort of focus on that. Um, and I posted something on my blog Friday night, or Friday afternoon actually, talking about how the, the storm had taken a turn in the computer models and it was looking more and more like New Orleans might be at risk, and the people in New Orleans really needed to be watching it closely. Glenn Reynolds of Instapundit, uh, I sent him an email saying, hey, if you're looking for someone who's blogging Katrina, I'm blogging about it, and I'm focusing on the risk to New Orleans because I really think that it's not getting enough attention in the press right now. The forecast has shifted, but no one's paying attention because it's a Friday, and it's August, and the media is sort of out to lunch right now. So Glenn linked to me, and he said, Brendan Lloyd's blogging Katrina. A lot of people followed that link, and... Because of the fact that I've been linked by him, I, I thought, well, I better make sure that I keep writing about this and keeping it updated because I want to provide people with good, good coverage now that I've been uh, linked to. I pretty much spent all day Saturday blogging about the storm as it was getting stronger and moving towards moving closer and closer to New Orleans. And Glenn linked to me again, and more people came over, and it got to the point where people really appreciated my coverage because I was updating it very frequently. I was basically sitting on my couch just blogging and blogging and blogging. And so pretty soon it started to take on a life of its own. People were bookmarking me. Other other bloggers were linking to me. By Monday, I had 30,000 hits, and again on Tuesday I had 30,000 hits. And you're talking about a blog that on a typical day gets about 1,000. The more visitors I got, the more I felt that well, I really need to keep doing this. I really need to keep blogging about this because people are looking to me for information now. And I started to get emails from people in the area or with relatives in the area trying to figure out what was going to happen or once the storm had hit, they were trying to figure out, do you know anything about this neighborhood or that neighborhood? And so it just sort of became this big uh, this big thing, you know, and, and became a really major event for my blog, and I, I've been trying to keep it up as best I can. So what kind of a contribution do you think your blog's been able to make to the coverage of the situation? Well, I think that especially in the initial days, one of the major things that my blog was able to do was to aggregate a lot of information from disparate sources and bring them together. You know, at any given time, I might be watching CNN but somebody else who's on my blog commenting might be watching Fox, and so they might see something different, and they would post about it. Meanwhile, someone else might be watching the local TV feed from one of the New Orleans stations. So I would get a lot of information from the comments as people were saying, I just saw this on WWL. So then I would link to their comment and say, according to so-and-so, WWL just reported this. The result was that you could get a lot of information in one place because anytime that anything seemed significant, I would post about it. Similarly, I also had links to a lot of other blogs, and I made it a point to try to compile a good sidebar with a, a links to other people who are blogging in the storm and also links to weather data because, as I said, I'm a weather nerd, and I know where to look to get the best radar images, to get the best satellite images, um, to get things like storm surge gauges. And so I provided all that information as well. So you could get the news side and also the 
meteorological side. There are a number of bloggers who've been, been blogging the storm and other aspects of it, haven't there? Have you sort of mm -hmm. got in touch with them? Is there sort of an interlinked sort of network of people blogging different aspects of the aftermath of Katrina? Yes. I mean, it's obviously nothing formal, but I've definitely been in touch with a lot of them. And because of the fact that I'm getting so much traffic, I, w I was actually ranked by the company IntelliSeq, which runs Blog Pulse, as being the number one most cited uh, Katrina blog on the Internet uh, in the first few days. And so because I'm getting a lot of traffic, a lot of people are emailing me with stuff that they posted on their blog and say, hey, would you mind linking to this? It's a funny turnabout for me. I'm used to doing that to other bloggers. I email Instapundit all the time and say, hey, you want to link to this? never had people asking me for links. I've never been important enough to, to have to do that. Uh, but so there's been that. There have also been occasions when we've just uh, – I've talked with, you know, by email with some of the other bloggers, and I've just been trying to provide a, a, a general sort of roundup of what people are saying. Um, so there has been a good deal of contact, and I've commented on their blogs on some occasions. Um, and I'll, I've also been in touch with some people who don't have blogs but who commented on mine in the early days when the, when the first storm was first threatening and then said, I'm going to evacuate, and told me where they were going to go. And I said, well, if you have access to email, send me updates, and I'll post them to the blog. And so I've had a few people who are in places like Baton Rouge or the surrounding areas where they, they still have some ability to connect with the outside world, and they've actually been getting in touch with me, and I've been uh, posting to the blog some of their observations about what's going on. What do you make of the phenomenon that's happening in the, the, the blogosphere, which is usually divided into to, to left wing and right wing, of people screeching right. each other about whose damn fault this whole thing is? I don't think it's entirely partisan. I think that there are some, uh, there are definitely partisan overtones to it, but I also, I, I think that there are some people who are saying, uh, well, you know, really there's, there's lots of fault to go around. And I think that even, you know, watching the TV coverage here, there's actually, on, even on Fox News, which of course is, has the reputation for being the most conservative channel, there's a great deal of uh, criticism of the federal government. They might not be mentioning Bush by name, which is interesting. I noticed that when Bill O'Reilly was criticizing, he criticized Nagin by name, the mayor, he criticized the governor, who's a Democrat by name, he didn't criticize Bush by name, but they are criticizing the federal government. Um, and some of the conservative blogs are also criticizing the federal government. But, but yeah, there is, you know, a tendency among conservative blogs to want to blame it more on the local, and on the, of course, the liberal blogs blame everything on Bush. I'm, I'm more of a moderate myself. I, you know, I, I tend to have general scorn for the ideologues on both sides, but, but, you know, I, I don't think that's too surprising. People want to attach their agendas to it like anything. Um, the environmentalists say this is all happening because of global warming and because of the erosion of the wetlands. The conservatives say that this demonstrates how our environmental regulations are over, overzealous because we can't, you know, we have to suspend all these, all, all this oil stuff and all these oil regulations. And, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody attaches their little, their pet wagon to, to the, the disaster and, and tries to make hay out of it. And that's kind of unfortunate, but I think it's also kind of inevitable, I guess. How well served are people by the mainstream media? I mean, uh, they're, they're viewing a lot of what's been going on through their TV screens. Are we getting enough information? Are we getting all the information? Are we getting skewed information from the mainstream media? Well, I have to say, I think the mainstream media, for the most part, is doing the best it can, although there are exceptions to that. But I think that, uh, I think that, we are getting, we're not getting a complete picture because we can't get a complete picture because there just aren't enough reporters and the situation is so, everything is so different in so many different places. I mean, in one neighborhood there might be order and the next three over there might be rioting or looting going on. Um, and, and in that sense it reminds me a bit of Baghdad um, in, in the sense that you have the reporters are, are hunkered down in one place or another um, and they may not have any idea what's going on in other parts of the city or other parts of, of the country. Um, but I, I also, just in general, I feel like 
we just the total amount of information that is coming out of New Orleans is is less, I think, than than what we had coming out of the deserts of Iraq when we were invading the country with all those reporters who were embedded and they were getting you know good access. Although there are, you know you can argue about what effect the access may have had on the the tone of their coverage, but they were certainly getting a lot of access to what was happening. And now it's such chaos, and the communications lines are so poor that it's very, uh, you know, it's very spotty. I mean, the the levee that breached and that caused the, the you know, the great uh, bulk of this disaster in New Orleans, the levee breach happened on Monday around midday, from what I understand. It was shortly after the storm had moved by, the levee breached. We didn't find out about it until around 1 a.m. Until more than 12 hours later, we finally found out CNN broke the story that the levee was breaching. That's amazing because that's the most important piece of information that you could possibly want to know about New Orleans. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that the levee's breaching is the is the ultimate disaster. And yet, information is moving so slowly that we didn't find out about it until 12, 13 hours later. And even when we found out about it, the media, and here's one part where I would criticize them, didn't seem to catch on. As soon as I heard the levee breached, I posted on my blog in all capital letters, practically screaming as much as you can on a blog, New Orleans is flooding. And I knew that was it. I mean, once the levee breaches, that's it. There's no stopping it. Um, but the media, it took them quite a while to figure out that this levee breach really meant that this is now the big story. The, the storyline has shifted. We're no longer dealing with an aftermath. We're dealing with a crisis again. Brendan Loy there from the blog The Irish Trojan. No, that's not a condom with built-in air holes. It's a reference to his college football teams. You can read it at www.brendanloy.com. Time now to head off to old London town with Andrew Ian Dodge. Good afternoon from London on this rather somber Friday afternoon. Most Londoners and indeed probably a lot of people in the UK are watching the news about New Orleans and the rest of uh, the Gulf Coast with um, horror and trepidation and their hearts really go out to people. Now one would expect the BBC to be rather snarky about it and to be fair they've been not terribly positive to the Bushes saying that there's a lot of criticism however they're really taking only the ABC CBS line. Uh, In fact they're using reports from the ABC so it's nothing too harsh. Um, They tend to when their packages not mention that uh, President Bush declared state of emergency before it hit, after the packet. So generally it's accurate. Um, it's not, shall we say, nasty, and it could be a lot worse. Of course, they were very interested in the stampede in Baghdad. Yet again, uh, possibly because of the shock of what has happened in New Orleans, there was no sense of nastiness about the occupation or anything like that. It was much more inter- interesting. Nissan strife and the, and the fact that so many people died. Now the interesting thing, um, and I don't know whether even BBC people would admit this, but they did have something that they could do, which made them feel good about bashing Bush and not being terribly caring on America and everything else, and the war, of course, is that Ken Clark has thrown his uh, hat into the ring of the Tory party leadership. Now Ken Clark is a very nice guy. You'd like to have a drink with him. He, you know, he smokes cigars, he drinks, he works for the tobacco companies on their board, whereas Hush Puppies is kind of a jovial character. Unfortunately, he's incredibly unsound on Europe, hunting, the war in Iraq, anything you could think of. He's, he is a Tory wet, and he was also partly responsible for the takedown of Margaret Thatcher. He gave a speech this week, 
which distracted the BBC nicely and kind of encapsulated all the things they ranted about. He ranted about the war, criticizing Blair, his fellow leaders in the Tory party because they supported it, and George Bush. He was fairly positive about the EU, the UN, and it allowed to run this clip of him speaking where he bashed both Blair and Bush, so they had done their bit for the day. Needless to say, the fact that Galloway has said he would probably be the best leader as well as the Lib Dems, and the Labour saying that he's the Tory leader they most worry about, is pretty much the kiss of death. However, Ken Clark has gotten, gotten, in, gotten in early enough, so it's kind of livened up the, the leadership contest, and it's getting interesting. We shall see how where it takes it. Lastly, but not least, there's shock and amazement at this video that just came out featuring one of the guys who blew himself up on 7-7, his last will and testament, shall we say, his suicide video suicide note. For some reason, it seems a lot of people in the media are shocked. They might have still held that notion that these were unwilling dupes who were just you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time and didn't know there were bombs and whatever whatever way of creating this block that British citizens would actually go and blow themselves up. This video, of course, made it clear that he intentionally went there to take out as many Londoners as humanly possible. So the shock here is overwhelming. On a more pleasant note, it makes me feel good and it makes uh, those of us in the band feel good that uh, the single cry freedom is near its completion and we hope to have it out by September 11th um, it's going to be a digital release only the lyrics um, in the wake of this of this um, terrible tragedy and disaster in, in, in the southern U United States seem to be very poignant and in fact a couple of people Americans have listened to it and, and read the lyrics and thought it was appropriate one last thing before I go if you need a bit of levity in your life, why don't you head to www.everythingsoundslikecoldplaynow.com and listen to our guitarist Mitch Ben's newest comedy single. It's his first single, in fact, and there is a nice video for it, which also features Tash and Kirsty. I think you'll find it a bit humorous. Anyway, that's all from me, from London. If you would like to read my warblings in the written form, please go to andreandodge.com libertycadre.net, and of course, disgracefulmusic.com. Thanks, Andrew. Well, earlier in the week, I called Canadian blogger Damien Penny from the blog Damien Nation. We were going to have a chat about some shenanigans the new Canadian governor-general-elect apparently got up to with some Quebec separatists. I don't know, it seemed important at the time. Well, not anymore, and seeing as I had him on the line, I asked him for his response to the disaster on the Gulf Coast. There really aren't any words to describe it. I mean, I've honestly haven't seen anything like this, not in a very long time. Uh, I guess the tsunami, uh, you know, was similar and actually, of course, was probably much more destructive, but it just seems so much more shocking when it's closer to home. And it's just absolutely, you know, horrifying to see this. Uh, the gravity of it didn't really hit me until probably, I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday night. Uh, for a long time, it had looked like uh, New Orleans had mostly escaped the tsunami, uh, but watching uh, some of the news channels on Monday or Tuesday night, they had a lot of aerial footage from, actually from Mississippi, uh, in around the Biloxi area. And it just looked like the area had been nuked or something like that. It was just absolutely horrifying. And that was when it really struck me just how serious this was. And now when you're seeing pictures of, Louisiana, of a very, very big city, uh, a city that I've wanted to visit my whole life, just completely engulfed, it's, it's heartbreaking. 
has New Orleans gone? The, you know, the Big Easy. We're ever going to walk down Bourbon Street and you know do that stuff again? Is it ever going to be back the way it was? Do you think? I think it will be back, at least in some form. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sentiment uh, from people, including myself, really, that you know we can't let this defeat New Orleans. Uh, it's a place, you know, I think it's a very special place for a lot of us. It's a place I've wanted to go my whole life. And I think it is going to be rebuilt, but I do think that you're going to see a lot of people who live there now are going to move on elsewhere. A lot of the uh, tourist areas, like uh, the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, Canal Street, areas like that, I think they are going to be rebuilt. I just don't think Americans and even people outside of America are going to accept a place like that being lost for good. What about the reaction of the blogs? A lot of the blogs I've been reading have given over a, a lot of their time and space to information about um, charitable donations. There are all sorts of charities out there. Everyone from Glenn Reynolds on down has been putting up links to places where people can donate. Do you, do you know of any blogs that are uh, really putting a lot of effort into this? Um, well, if you go to instapundit.com, we're doing this interview, of course, on September 1st, and that's the day of the big blog burst that was organized by Glenn Reynolds, uh, Hugh Hewitt, and a few other bloggers. And if you go to Glenn Reynolds' site, where he has a link to a number of charities and also to, all the, to a lot of the blogs who are taking part, and uh, the number of blogs taking part is just absolutely astronomical. Uh, I think there must be hundreds of people who are there. Uh, I've given over my site today, uh, largely to blogging about the, the, uh, the hurricane, and I'm encouraging people to donate to the Canadian Red Cross. I've also added a link to several other sites where Canadians can donate. Do you think blogs can make a difference in, with something so huge? Well, I think if you can get, I mean, if you can help raise enough money to help even a few people, that's a difference right there. And I think, you know, we're doing all we can. Watching television, uh, watching uh, Fox News and CNN today, it's just heartbreaking because I really wish there was more I could do. I mean, here I am. I must be thousands of miles away from New Orleans. And there's a part of me that wants to just hop in the car, drive down, and start giving out water and doing other things to help people find somewhere where they can get, uh, you know, a nice sleep and a good shower and things like that. So, I mean, I guess this is the least I can do. Do we know of any New Orleans or Louisiana-based bloggers who have been affected by this? Uh, well, my friend Tom Forsythe, uh, he operates a blog called uh, Home of the Green Baron. Uh, he's only been updating it intermittently recently, uh, but he is from New Orleans himself, and I was worried about him for a while, but I did get a message, and also he has a posting on his blog right now, saying that he's safe in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. I also understand that there is one of the bloggers at Whizbang, uh, a very popular blog, uh, is from New Orleans. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, t I take it he has left the area, but he's still been posting from there. I and see. I have seen a few others who have been directly affected by it as well, uh, including some who I hadn't been familiar with before. I think Space Monkey from uh, IMAO was uh, from... Um Alabama or Mississippi, I think he had to, uh, uh, he was affected slightly, but uh, not as much as some other people. And actually, that's a good point there, because uh, New Orleans, obviously, as the major city, is getting all the attention, but Missi the coast of Mississippi has been hit just as hard. Uh, when you hear stories like in Biloxi, Mississippi, 30 people in one apartment complex uh, being killed, it's, you know, you don't know what to say. And uh, watching it so far, I mean, I read an interesting thing today. I mean, I've actually written on my site that I think a lot of the relief efforts that we've seen so far, both from the federal, the Bush administration, and also from the state and city governments down there, haven't really been adequate. Uh, certainly, I think there are a lot of things that, you know, you just watch it, you think they could be doing. But I read an interesting thing in the comments section of someone else's blog, uh, talking about a BBC reporter who was talking about how compared with almost every other major disaster he's been in, 
the rapid response here has just been overwhelming, but really it's a question of expectations. And I think people were expecting uh, things to be done a lot more quickly. People in America expect things to be done quickly. They expect them to be done to a pretty high standard, certainly a much higher standard than other parts of the world. Why does it appear to have kind of broken down in New Orleans? Uh, I think the original decision, which might have made sense at the time, of putting all these people in the, uh, in the Superdome, uh, certainly that seems to be a decision that has backfired badly. Or at least that's what it seems. Now, you never know. You could also make an argument that it was the right thing to do because it makes it easier to pick up people and take them out of the city. Uh, the biggest thing, one thing, a couple of few things that keep haunting me here, there are a lot of stories I'm reading, uh, especially on the left-wing blogs, and I think it is a legitimate point talking about whether there had been adequate funding over the years for the levees and canals that were keeping New Orleans safe. And another thing that really, really gets to me from what I've been reading is that this past weekend, when everybody knew Hurricane Katrina was coming, the city of New Orleans did not get out its buses to try and get people out of there. I mean, certainly it wouldn't have gotten everybody who didn't have a car out of the city, but certainly it seems like there was a lot that the city of New Orleans didn't do. And really, unfortunately, the government in New Orleans and also in Louisiana uh, is well known for corruption and incompetence, unfortunately. And in a way, it's not surprising, but it's heartbreaking. It seems like at all levels here, there are a lot of things that could have been done. There has been an argument on some of the blogs, some of the more left-leaning blogs, um, that New Orleans is largely black and poor, and that's why the people down there aren't being helped the way they ought to. I think the fact that New Orleans is a relatively poor city, and Louisiana is a relatively poor state, I think that may be a factor, simply because the city government and the state government might not have the resources that you'd have in somewhere like New York or California, somewhere like that. But I think that people really do uh, care you know, as much for the people who are stuck down there as they would if they were all white or if they were all wealthy. And I think we've seen that on the blogosphere lately with a number of you know, conservative bloggers who are supposedly so uncaring who've been turning over our blogs to you know, trying to get the news out and help raise funds for this. It's been a cross-political effort, hasn't it? A lot of the left-wing and right-wing blogs have actually been cooperating in this effort. Uh, yes, that's true. And I mean, there are even some left-wing blogs I really don't like, like Daily Cost, for example. They've said some things that I really don't care for. But to be fair, they have had a several posts as well encouraging people to make donations. And I have to give them credit for that. Now, there is one uh, I am a bit disappointed in the blog burst that's been going on today. Uh, to see that there are so few liberal blogs that are a part of it. And it, it could be that the left-wing blogs have their own fundraising campaign on the go, because I'm sure a lot of them are doing a lot to help. But I do wish that there was a bit more done you know, on both sides to try and come together a bit on this. There's been one egregious exception to all this that we know of. Uh, and this is, this is a post on, on one particular blog that, that remi has reminded a lot of people of Michael Moore's comments after September the 11th when he said, why don't they fly the planes into buildings in, in New York and Washington? Those people you know, voted for Al Gore. They didn't vote for Bush. They didn't yeah. deserve it. I almost feel sorry for someone who would think like that. And I'd feel the same way if it was a conservative saying that uh, people in New Orleans, which is a heavily democratic city, somehow deserve this. I feel the same kind of reaction that you get when you see so-called Christians, uh, some people on the fringe saying that New Orleans was struck because it's a wicked, sinful city. Uh, you know, you just don't know what to say. I mean, I just can't imagine how some people's hearts can be that black. Uh, I, I do know the one you're talking about, and I've seen a few, a couple of blogs, fortunately not very many. I have seen a couple of blogs here in Canada making similar statements about that and trying to use this to make cheap political points about 
Iraq or the softwood lumber dispute. And I mean, it's, it's absolutely nauseating. What exactly was it that this blog said? Uh, the blog in question, and, you know, I'm actually not even going to say the name of it on the air because I don't think it deserves the publicity. Uh, he wrote that when he first heard about this hurricane, his first instinct was to say that there should be a movement against giving any aid to people down that way because Louisiana and Mississippi are red states that voted for Bush, and therefore people down there are deserving what they're getting because, of course, this was caused by global warming and deliberate underfunding of uh, levees and dams and everything down there. And eventually, uh, he had a very warm change of heart and decided that because New Orleans was a mostly democratic city and because most of the people left there were poor and black and therefore almost certainly voted for John Kerry, that they do deserve help after all. That was very nice of him. That was Damien Penny from Newfoundland. His blog is Damien Nation. I'm Bruce Hill. Thanks very much for listening to Shire Network News, the official podcast of the Anglospheric group blog SilentRunning.tv. We'll be taking a break next weekend, so the next edition of the show will be up in two weeks' time around September the 17th, complete with blog news, assuming major non-humorous events haven't taken place in the interim, which you can never discount these days, I'm afraid. Until then, may your God go with you.